Well, welcome back. We're glad that you're with us for the only show that loves to favor the underdog, the little guy, usually the road team, the team that's less thought of. It is Three Dog Thursday. We have reached the month of December. And as you can see, we've got two new handicappers. We've said goodbye to Marcus Johnson, who was here for four weeks. Survival betting. you got to get two of the three underdogs correct. Marcus has the record right now, having been here for four weeks, three successful weeks. We say bye to him. We say bye to Corby Craig from our college basketball coverage. Uh, on BetUS TV. He was here for a couple of weeks. New handicappers. You recognize Brad Thomas. You've seen him not only on Three Dog Thursday, but the NFL coverage and as well on the world sport with the World Cup going on. Brother Thomas, how are you? Good to have you back on Three Dog Thursday. I'm so glad to be back. Like I was on such a nice run. And then when my time came to an end, it was one of those weeks where I was just scrambling and I was like itching and clawing to come back. So now that I'm back, I'm ready to perform. I know that. And I know you have been backing the United States in the World Cup to the point that the quaff is red, white and blue. And so they let you down. And now you're back with me on Three Dog Thursday. Enough of the <laughs> enough of the USA in the in the football. Now you're back with me. Enough of that. Uh, Kyle Perviance is here with us, the DFS Bachelor, first time rookie on Three Dog Thursday here on BetUS TV. Good to have you, my friend. Are you ready to roll those sleeves up figuratively and talk some uh, football, primarily NFL and underdogs? Absolutely. And right now I just got to try to heal my bruised ego. Brad comes on here with this beautiful hairline, beautiful hair. And meanwhile, I'm doing gymnastics to cover my receding hairline. So at yeah. least I don't embarrass myself here on my first appearance. So uh, a little jealous of Brad's hair, trying to sulk that over. But, uh, you know, this week, a lot of good spots. It was hard for me to narrow it down. There's a lot of good dogs this week. And I, a couple of that you guys are going with were right there on my list. Really hard to get really hard for me to leave them off. So I think we have a shot at having some winners this week. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. We've been very good in the NFL. We're at about a 70% clip the last four shows picking NFL games. That's why Marcus, uh, Brad, that's why Marcus was here over and over again. He kept racking up two or three NFL underdogs. And uh, I will say thank you to a couple of doggies uh, from last week as well in the National Football League. Thank you, Cincinnati Bengals outright win at home as a dog. And at the time, midweek, the Raiders were getting the point or the point and a half. Gradually, the line moved back into their favor to make them the favorite favorite against the Chargers, but we'll take it for Three Dog Thursday. So I had a couple of them that did come through. And again, this is a reminder among several of the reminders here on the show. If the line moves after you see us, after we debut on Thursday morning, doesn't matter. For the purposes of Three Dog Thursday, it's the underdogs for right now taping here on the show. Next, thank you for finding us, however you did, on a social media link, etc., on BetUS TV. And you, Yes, you can get in on the contest. All you have to do is in the comments section below, pick three underdogs simply to cover. Mainly going to be pro football this week unless you want to go Army-Navy game. But we're talking pro football primarily for this week before we get into the bowl games, etc. If you get all three correct, in the case of the peeps that are watching us, the first person to do so goes into the merchandise store. Kyle, you may not know this. Brad does know this, but viewers of the show that have been watching know this. Go into that merchandise store and get a shirt, get a sweatshirt, uh, get a bag, get a mug. Three Dog Thursday Bet US material. Three Dog Thursday Bet US swag can be yours. The first person that gets all three correct, you're the winner. It'll be timestamped down below us right here on the channel. 
Uh, so again, we'll be easily able to identify you. I keep saying, don't edit your picks. I haven't seen that in the last week or two. If you go in there and click edit, we don't know when you did it. So as far as we know, you did it on Sunday while the game's going on. You went <laughs> edited. Your, don't do that. Just keep it simple for the swag on BetUS TV. And by the way, you can go into that merchandise store and purchase a BetUS hat, sweatshirt, whatever. Swag out at BetUS.com slash 3Dog Thursday to find out more. With that out of the way, I will say up front, we may circle back to talk the Army-Navy game for just a second because that's the most prominent college game and the only one really right now before the bowl games begin, the college football playoff, etc. So we're not focused so much on that. Let's focus on the NFL, shall we? And get into it for this week, yet another week of the National Football League. It is week number 14. Underdog number one is going to come from the host, and I'm looking at an NFC East battle. I saw those Eagles look very good last week against the Tennessee Titans. They will now play host to the New York football Giants, fresh off of a tie in their game with the Washington Commanders. And so, guys, this is a matchup at the Meadowlands, a game in which it is a revenge situation for the Giants, a game they've got to have in the wild card chase, even within their own division between them, the Cowboys and the and the commanders. You got to keep winning games. Brian Dayball has been a surprise. Great coach. And guys, I like them in this underdog spot here against the Philadelphia Eagles coming up in an early matchup at the Meadowlands on Sunday. I'll give you a couple of items uh, that stand out, uh, at least to me, about why New York looks good. They've been very good against the number as of late. Philly, not as good, not as much as of late. Um so I, I just I like New York here in the spot. I mean, there weren't a couple of them that jumped out immediately, but Giants getting points at home. They've been very good in this instance. Uh, and uh, the number that I am looking for for right now on this game, the G-men are five and two against the spread at home. That includes last week's uh, win, as it turns out, because they were getting points against the Washington Commanders. Uh, the Eagles are only one in four right now on the road. ATS this season. Revenge spot here. I'll take the Giants. Kyle, since you're our rookie guest, a thought on this one in the wild NFC East where everybody's good. Big one. Big one for the Giants chasing the wild card and battling the Eagles. I mean, this one was high on my list, and everyone knows this. You're not going to make a lot of money betting divisional favorites by a touchdown or more on the road. That's just not something that is a recipe for success when you're betting the NFL. And you look at the Eagles. First thing I do when I'm handicapping games in December is what you look at the weather. You got to find out what's going on in these games. It looks like we're going to have some rain in this game, some windy conditions. So they're going to have to rely on their run game a little bit more. The giants are not terrible against the run. And we've seen the weakness for the Eagles. You saw it on the Monday night game against Washington. If you're able to really just buckle down and run, 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 and avoid those good corners on the outside for the Eagles, you can have success here. I like the Giants quite a bit. This was really high on my list. And just on principle alone, if you're a new handicapper and you're starting the NFL, you see a divisional opponent and you're at home and you're an underdog by a touchdown or more, you take those points and write it all day long. You'll have a lot more success than the other way around. We have seen large underdogs continue. The Hounds continue, Brad Thomas, to come home. And this is a fairly large underdog. Any thought here? I know you're not on this game. We'll get to your underdog in a moment. But any thought on the Giants with the Eagles real quick? 
Yeah, I considered this one for a little bit, but it kind of feels like to me that the Giants are in one of those positions where they can either, you know, lose by two points or go out here and lose by 14 plus. Um, It's kind of a sleepy game for me where the Giants don't come out motivated. They can trail early and it'll take like a miraculous cover, kind of like what happened when they played the Cowboys. Just wasn't a situation I wanted to get in. I did lean Giants, though. All right. Fair enough. And uh, let's. The Eagles keep rolling. I mean, the last time they were 11 and one, they were in the Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens and company uh, in the season where um, they won the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Remember, they had a great start to that year, too, but they were not 11 and one that year. They're trying now to get 12 and one if they are able. All right, Brad Thomas in round number one, if not that Giants underdog. You like an AFC North underdog and the Brownies, the Cleveland Browns against the Bengals off a big win. The Browns destroyed the Texans, but it is the Texans. All right, uh, Brad, why do you like Cleveland here for three dog Thursday purposes? Yeah, this number is just hanging out there, right? Ready for people just to be salivating and taking the Bengals. All we got to do is win by seven is what they're saying. The Bengals are hot. 4-0 against the spread in their last four. 9-1 against the spread in their last 10. 9-3 against the spread so far this season. But the Browns, even with the bad Browns teams they've put on the field, have a five-game winning streak over the Bengals. They've won eight of the last nine. It's just something when these two teams from the same state play against each other, they get gassed up and geared to play. Why I like the Browns even without those stats the running game. We know that the Bengals have struggled against the run. They're 16th in defensive run DVOA. So all they have to do is just give a steady diet of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I wasn't overly concerned either with Deshaun Watson's struggles in that first game. I kind of equate that to what happened with Dak Prescott when he came back after the injury. Like he hasn't seen full speed football in a long time. I do think he'll start to settle in. But the great thing about this Browns team is they don't need Deshaun Watson to be great. They just need to pound the ball and and play good defense, which they have. Sacked Joe Burrow five times in that last game. Well, and again, it is a revenge situation here, too, for Cincinnati. Cleveland's pass rush knocking Burrow all around. Kyle, what do you make of this? I know you're not joining in on this one on Three Dog Thursday, uh, but the Bengals look really good against the Chiefs last week. Division rivalry situation. Deshaun Watson is a variable, as Brad was laying out. Any thought? Yeah, and this one was close for me as well. Another one of those, look, divisional opponent. We need him by more than a touchdown. Cleveland can run the – both these teams stink against the run. Let's just call it what it is. Cleveland has been terrible against the run. And the real reason I considered it and why I would lean Cleveland here, as you mentioned it, that pass rush. That Bengals offensive line is not great in pass protection. If Joe Burrow is under duress all game long, we've seen – the Bengals have sort of been my bugaboo all year. I can never get the Bengals right. I did get them right last week. Finally, I got the Bengals right. (laughs) Last week, I had a team total. They they kicked the field goal a couple weeks against the Titans. I got my team total. I start spending the money. And then, of course, the awful penalty by the Titans. They run the clock out. And that's the one time where they actually can take a team total away from you. So it gets a little bit different here. That's why I've waited it because I can never get the Bengals right. But I do lean the Browns. That running game is going to be big. And you're right. There's better days ahead for Deshaun Watson. His first game in 700 days. You're not expecting him to be a world beater. And the Texans have been sneaky good, actually, against the pass for all their woes, for how bad they are against the run and how bad they are offensively. They actually have some pretty decent players in the secondary. I believe they're allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers in the league right now. So I lean Cleveland here. I like that ground game. I just stayed away because I can't seem to get the Bengals right. 
And first of all, I'm saying thank you to the Bengals for what yeah. they did covering on Three Dog Thursday with the Chiefs. Second of all, you do realize, Kyle, you're saying it's going to be better days for Deshaun Watson. He is in Cleveland with the Browns. It <laughs> right. doesn't necessarily right. mean they're going to be better days ahead <laughs> right. for him right. right now. We will find out if that's the case. Undaunted, though, Brad Thomas says, I like the Browns for Three Dog Thursday purposes, and he will take the points in that rivalry matchup in Cincinnati. Let's continue. It's all NFL themed here on Three Dog Thursday for this week. We'll get more to the Bulls and the college football playoff in the coming weeks. We're glad that you're with us here. Round number three, Kyle, we are right back to you, underdoggy number one. It is the first one for you as a rookie, as a newbie on the show, and you're going double digits on us in another rematch game with Jets and Bills. Yeah, and look, the Jets won this last game with the Milf Hunter himself at quarterback, maybe the worst quarterback in the NFL <laughs> outside of Baker Mayfield, right? They won this game 28-24. I like what the Jets are doing, and one thing that really swayed me, I was kind of on the fence between this one and your Giants play. There's going to be snow, 13-mile-an-hour wins. If you look at this Buffalo offense, they are not built for their home stadium. This is a team that's much better built for a dome stadium, fast pace, up and down the field, use those wide receivers. We've seen this before. I can revert you back to last season, that New England Patriots Monday night game where it was sort of that monsoon rainstorm, and they couldn't really get anything right. going in the passing game. The Patriots threw the ball one time and won the football game here. The Jets are getting Michael Carter back this weekend. Their top five DVOA in defense. Both these teams very similar defensively. It's going to be hard for the Bills to move the ball. And now you have a sustainable passing game with Mike White. I know it's Mike White, but I love me some Mike White. They should have won that game last week. Braxton Berrios, that little drop in the end zone there, and they beat the Vikings, a 10-win team. I think the Jets here are being a little undervalued. I like what Robert Sala is doing in New York. 10 points, way too much divisional game. It's going to be low-scoring, ugly game. I think the Jets keep it close. I like them quite a bit here against Buffalo. Interesting. Uh, Brad Thomas, a thought, as he mentioned, they've been right in a lot of these games. About the only one they really got whacked in was, again, Zach Wilson throwing uh, interceptions against the Patriots, and they got blown out at home. The rematch game, it was a 3-3 game. Defensively, they were good until the punt return at the very end. Any thought here about the Jets? I know you're not on this. It is revenge for the Bills, who are at home. Any thought, though, on the large number? Yeah, when I was looking at this game, I was actually kind of seeing if I wanted to kind of tease the Jets up or bring the Bills down. Ultimately passed on both. It makes sense why you want to be on the Jets here. You know, you have the inclement weather that's going to be tough for this passing attack with Josh Allen and company. And the Jets under Salah have proven that they are a legitimate defense and a force to be reckoned with. I just couldn't get behind it because I didn't want to have to sit here in the, and watch the Bills score 14 points and then have to rely on Mike White after watching what I watched against the Vikings last week. So it's it makes total sense from a betting perspective. Um, I'd probably want to go up and tease it a little bit just to get a little bit of that comfort, just in case it ends up being one of those weird 13-point victories by the Bills. Uh, quick quick tidbit here on this, else. Go ahead. On, on this, just when we're talking about the Bills passing game and even if they are able to. And look, I've had this happen to me before in Buffalo. Like, oh, a lot of snow, a lot of snow, watch out. Then you look at the pregame show, you're like, where the hell is the damn snow? <laughs> it's all outside the stadium. That stadium is built in a weird way where it kind of it holds it out somehow, which I, I don't, I'll never understand how they engineer things that way. But well, the first Jets, of all, I don't know, I don't know if you've been there, but it's old school where you're driving through a neighborhood, literally in Buffalo. Right. I've been there with the Buccaneers. And Brad, I don't know if you know this. 
you're driving through a neighborhood and you make like a right turn and there it is new era stadium or whatever <laughs> they call it now what used to be ralph wilson stadium sure. orchard park it's in a neighborhood and right. so i guess part of the neighborhood gets the snow but another right. part of the neighborhood doesn't get the snow to your point it's it's bizarre but the jets do have the only secondary on the slate where all three of their corners have played 250 more defensive pass routes together they are allowing 17% or fewer completion rates, and all three of them have allowed less than a quarter fantasy point per route ran against. They've been very, very good against the pass. It's going to be tough sledding for that Bills offense. I think the Jets can do enough here to keep it within double digits. It is double digits. And again, the Jets had been four for four as a road team ATS, including a couple of outright wins, some underdog covers until the last two games. And the Vikings got the win and the cover last week in one of those two games. Will the Jets bounce back? Kyle says, yes, they will for three dog Thursday purposes. Again, thank you for finding us. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribing on BetUS TV down below us. Uh, We're here on Thursdays, rolling all the way through the football postseasons, the bowl games, the college football playoff as well as the NFL. We've got a live competitive handicap betting here uh, and survival betting from our handicappers. They're trying to get at least two correct, if not all three, to stay on the show. Brad had some success with that earlier in the year. Kyle, first time on the show. These guys are back if they get at least two correct. Let's go to round number two, and I'll tell you up front, it was not looking good just back on Monday night for my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But You've got Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. And even though you've only scored three points, and even though there's only four or five minutes left, Brady rallies the Bucs. The Saints, yes, helped them out, but you still got to walk through the door and score the touchdowns. The Buccaneers did that. Guys, in my radio duties, I was right down on the three-yard line as the pass went to Rashad White, and he made the little move. Demario Davis couldn't get over there. He got in the end zone, and I'm on the sideline going, happy post-game show coming up. Uh, for the Buccaneers and the win. Uh, now, for our purposes on Three Dog Thursday, looky here, the Bucks are a road underdog at San Francisco, technically Santa Clara, Sunday afternoon, late window game. We know now Jimmy Garoppolo is out. They originally feared out completely for the season. There's now a slight chance he could be back in the playoffs in January with the broken foot. For now, it's Brock Purdy, the rookie, and the Buccaneers roll in, and they've been a mess, ATS. I get it. In the last 10 games, the Buccaneers are 1-8-1 and one against the spread. I get that. But the spot here as the road team trying to help lock up the division, battle for playoff seating, Tom Brady mojo. I just I like it against a rookie, Mr. Irrelevant quarterback here in a low scoring. The Buccaneers, Brad Thomas, play nothing but low scoring games. Going to be a low scoring game against San Francisco. I will take the Buccaneers on the three and a half points because I believe they're going to ultimately win this game. Of course, I'm the Buccaneer guy. What am I supposed to say on a show? It's rare that I go to them, but I'm going to them here as the road team. And Brad Thomas, you're going to agree with me on Three Dog Thursday on the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S. Go Bucks. Yes, I am. And everyone knows by now I'm a Tampa Bay guy. And I'm also a very honest Tampa Bay fan. I have faded Tampa Bay plenty of times against the spread this year. When I made this line, I actually made it closer to a pick And when I sent my plays over, I was like, oh, it's a pick I wrote the line down. I, I just totally forgot to even look at the spread on BetUS. I sent my plays over and I was like, San Francisco plus three and a half. It's a pick em. Tampa Bay Buccaneers win by one and a half points. And then I look back and I go, I actually like this even more. Tampa Bay, three and a half point dog. The total says it all to me. It speaks volumes. 
37 points to set the total. Low scoring game. Tampa Bay, top five defense. San Francisco, top five defense. Both offenses have struggled at times. I think this is going to be one of those classic 13 to 16 games where you don't have to pick a winner. And everyone wants to talk about the performance Brock Purdy had. I had a good nickname for him when I was covering him in college, and that's Brock Checkdown Purdy. What Brock Purdy does well is he does he throws a beautiful checkdown ball. I don't think he really has much game outside of that. But the problem for the Dolphins is the Dolphins didn't have any game film on him. All it takes is one game and a spell to get a little bit of game film for guys like Todd Bowles to check your nuances and figure out where can we attack you, how can we make life hard. With that being said, the Bucks have won three of their last four. Yes, two of those were at home, and one of those probably should have been a, a win if, if there weren't clock mismanagement and the unuse of timeouts against the Browns. But I think this Buccaneers team is getting a little bit of that defensive swagger back. I'm not too worried about the offense. As long as this defense can power them through, the offense will finally start clicking. But low-scoring game here, three and a half points is just way too many. All right, again, belief from us in the Buccaneers. Kyle, we're going to move on in just a second, but a thought here on the Niners now have to go it with a rookie quarterback. They still have McCaffrey. They still have Debo Samuel. They still have an outstanding defense. Any thought here on Brad and I backing the Bucs? Just real quick. Well, I am a Niner fan. In, in fairness, I have been for a long time, so I'll just throw that out there. And look, I was close on this one, too, but it just felt like a trap. It felt too easy. Like, you're telling me Tom Brady against Mr. Irrelevant, and I, and I get to bet that with Brady being the underdog. That feels like a trap to me. They're they're messing with me. Something isn't quite adding up. And look, let me let me paint you a picture here. Let me tell you a story about a young kid who came into a game replacing a quarterback who had just taken his team to the Super Bowl, drafted in the sixth round. No oh, one, no. no one had heard of him. He's going there. And He's then he turns there. in. So now we have Brock Purdy, and your nickname is a lot more appropriate than what they're <laughs> slinging around on Twitter about Brock Purdy. I don't know if you guys have seen the tweets, but your nickname much more appropriate. So we won't uh, say it here, but like, I got to tell you, are you getting that much less out of Brock Purdy than you got out of Jimmy Garoppolo? There was one play that really stood out for me, and I took the Dolphins last week. I thought the Dolphins' sec- uh, wide receivers were going to be a problem for that 49er secondary, which can be a weakness for this team. But there was a play where the pass rush got to him right away. And instead of crumbling down, terrified that he was going to get hit like Jimmy Garoppolo does on every one of his dropbacks, he was able to roll out a little bit to the left, throw the ball out of bounds and create a third and five instead of a third and 14. And we're going to get a lot more of that. I'm not sure that I mean, Garoppolo is not beating anyone with his arm anyways. I like the pick for you guys because of this. Both teams, fantastic against the run. Tampa Bay has been an elite run defense now for several years, much like the ship created the ship, the invention of the ship, invented the shipwreck, the invention of Vita Vea invented great run defense. So it's strength versus strength here. It's going to be very difficult for either team to sort of get their offense going. I lean the Buccaneers here. It hurts me, but I will say I've underestimated the 49ers all year long. I really did think the Dolphins were going to win that game outright. They, Kyle Shanahan finds ways to scheme his team into successful positions to win games. It seemed too easy for me, but I stayed away. But if I had that proverbial gun to my head, I, I'm taking Tom Brady over Mr. Irrelevant every Did day. Did you right? make references to Brock Purdy maybe going on to win seven Super Bowls? That's correct. I, I, I heard that. I think I heard Garoppolo. that. That's correct. Settle <laughs> down a little bit with that. Let's <laughs> see, let's see a little more samples. Something. We need something. Yeah. So. Uh, again, the Niners 9-1 nine and one ATS at home since the middle of last season. So there's something to be said for that. Now, some of that's been obviously Garoppolo's success, but we'll see what Purdy can do in this matchup. Let's close out round number two on Three Dog Thursday. We're right back to Kyle, our rookie prognosticator this week. The underdog is the Baltimore Ravens. We should say midweek, we don't know for sure if Lamar Jackson is ruled out. Can he play knee injury in the game last week uh, with Denver? The Steelers have been playing 
playing much, much better. One in Atlanta last week. Uh, suddenly, you know, the Buccaneers lost to the Steelers. And I kept saying to people, the Steelers are going to figure things out and win some games, second half of the season especially. And lo and behold, Mike Tomlin's beaten the Saints. I mean, these aren't murderers row. He's beaten Indianapolis at Indianapolis. He's beaten Atlanta at Atlanta. They figured some things out. All right, Kyle, what leads you with a questionable quarterback situation to the Ravens this week on Three Dog Thursday? Yeah, so betting football is all about value, right? Selling high and buying low. Right now, the Steelers are about as highly valued as they're going to be. You mentioned some of their recent success. Still not impressive in these victories. Uh, bad clock management by Jeff Saturday. Of course, the Falcon, Marcus Mariota, being a shell of what an NFL quarterback should be. You mentioned the Saints and Andy Dalton and that disaster that that offense is as well. But the bottom line is this Pittsburgh defense is not very good. That secondary is allowing the second most fantasy points in the league to opposing wide receivers. Levi Wallace has not been the same Levi Wallace he was in Buffalo last year. James Pierre, Cam Sutton's been okay in the slot, but they're really vulnerable out there. And I picked up Tyler Huntley in fantasy. It's pretty bleak. I have Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, unfortunately, so I can't play Fields this week. And it doesn't look like I'll be pretty surprised if Lamar plays. We've seen Tyler Huntley fill in before, and we've seen him. He's a In terms of backup quarterbacks in the NFL, you can do a lot worse than Tyler Huntley. And a lot of people would argue he's probably a little bit more of a competent passer than even Lamar is. He can still use his legs a little bit. Of course, the last time we saw him play the Steelers was week 18 last year, and they had that loss that sort of knocked them out of that whole playoff picture. Remember, the fans were cheering because the Colts lost to the Jags, and they were alive, and they lost that game 16-13. There's going to be a little bit of motivation there. But for me, I don't think there's – do I think Kenny Pickett is exponentially better right now than Tyler Huntley? Absolutely not. Will he be? Probably. But right now, he's not. Is that offense for Pittsburgh scary? No, Baltimore is the second team. I mentioned the Jets secondary. The Baltimore almost hits that mark. It's just Kyle Hamilton in the slot hasn't had as many reps. But they're very good defensively. I think the defensive advantage is there for Baltimore. The ground game advantage will be there for Baltimore. If they can get a few plays out of Huntley here, I'm just not ready. This is the lowest, by the way. Baltimore is going to be valued at all, all season long. I'm not ready to take the Steelers as favorites against anybody right now outside of maybe the Texans. I think Baltimore covers here. All right. Interesting uh, with the play on that. And again, we don't know. You may be watching on Three Dog Thursday, later on Thursday, et cetera. And the Ravens have said Lamar's not playing. We don't know that right now as we debut the show on Thursday morning. That would make a difference. And he's clearly not going to be 100 percent when you saw him limping around with the knee. If he is playing, they can run the ball, but a lot predicated on him and the read option. So who knows if he can play or not undaunted. Kyle says for Three Dog Thursday purposes, give me the birds, give me the Ravens in this matchup with the Steelers. One round to go. Again, we're glad that you're with us on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you for finding us. We're here every week picking underdogs. Sometimes it's a mix of college football and the NFL. In this case, it is mostly, it is all NFL, as you're going to see in round number three, because the college bowl games haven't cranked up. There'll be plenty of more with the bowl games and the college football playoff. Uh, when that's upcoming, you see the plug there on Three Dog Thursday for the college football show with Gary and Parker and Kyle uh, that's still there for all the bowl games and the CFP for the games Georgia and Ohio State, TCU and Michigan that are going to be upcoming. Uh, We will cover that as well on Three Dog Thursday. Right now it's NFL, NFL and a lot more NFL for this week. All right, round number three. Let's stick with the National Football League and let's stick with one more underdog. They move this game to Sunday night football and in the case of the uh, Miami Dolphins, they stay on the West Coast here. They they did this by design. They played last week 
against the 49ers. They've hung out out west. They now get ready to play the L.A. Chargers at SoFi Stadium. It is now a Sunday night game. I was on the opposite side of the Chargers last week. I love the Raiders in the spot at home to win. Still for uh, the Chargers here, they're looking to chase in the AFC playoff picture, try to get back in the race with Kansas City. Still got two or three games uh, to go before they do that. Um, I I just I like the Charger offense here. I like the fact that it's back to back road games for the Dolphins. I know they're explosive at times, but last week. Uh, Even with Brock Purdy at the helm, like we talked about before, the Niners moved the ball and scored points. They also intercepted Tua a couple of times. So let's get a thought here. Brad Thomas, you haven't had a lot to say. We haven't given you the opportunity here for a minute or two. Any thought on my Charger backing pick here? They've been pretty good at home. ATS, the Chargers, Sunday night game, a chance to mess it up for the Dolphins. Any thought real quick, Brad? Yeah, interesting game for the Chargers. Um, I probably lean Chargers here. I just can't figure them out, much like Kyle with the Bengals. Uh, Chargers are, have been my bugaboo this season, where if I'm on one side, they do one thing. If I'm on the other, they do the other. Um, it does seem like a bounce box spot a little bit for the Dolphins, but Dolphins dealing with some offensive line injuries that also is going to hinder them. If you have a quarterback like Tua, a gunslinger, when he's under duress, that's why he throws those interceptions, trying to do too much, trying to play from behind makes like more difficult. So I do get the plus three here and you're getting, and you're getting even money on it. So it's something I won't argue. I think 69% of the action is probably going to end up being on the Dolphins too. So you're taking a prime time home dog. Like it's also sounds like a recipe for success. Again, the Chargers at six and six. The Dolphins still trying to hang in in the AFC East, chasing the Bills. Uh, just a game behind them. Kyle, are you aware of the Dolphins' road ATS number? I am not. Be zero four and one with the Makes loss and the sense. non-cover last week. So I kind of like this here. Back-to-back road games. Give me, give me, give me on the Chargers at home on Sunday night uh, football. Did you have any final thought before we move on to the final underdog selection of the show? Any final thought there, Chargers Dolphins? I mean, I spent 18 years of my life in San Diego. I've seen a lot of Charger games, and I've done this a lot with the Chargers. And the problem is they cannot stop the run, and it's really hard to trust a team who can't stop the run. This, I, I was close to taking this one as well, but I know every time I take the Chargers, what am I going to get? And this has been happening since Marty Schottenheimer was the coach there. They're going to be down four, 15 <laughs> seconds on the clock, 90 yards to go, and no timeouts, just like what happened last week. It makes me a little bit too nervous here. I do lean the Chargers here, but they've let me down way too many times. And trust me, my phone blows up. My best friends all live down there. And all the, I, if I walk away for five minutes, there's going to be 94 texts in the group text talking about how much the Chargers stink and how much they hate Brandon Staley. I don't know if I can go through that again this Sunday night. So I just couldn't put my money on the Chargers. Did you go Marty Schottenheimer, the late Marty Schottenheimer? Uh, you, you didn't go Air Coriel. I mean, I'm older than both of you guys. Air Coriel and Dan Fouts back. Of the, you didn't even sure. go forward to like a Norv Turner or a Mike Riley-led Chargers team. Right, uh, with right. Somebody, or much less Anthony Lynn in Oof. the present day. Uh, but we will see. We will see what the Chargers have. Again, the Dolphin number is, oh, if I didn't articulate it correctly, is uh, 0-4-1 on the road, ATS. So far this right. season, let's see if it holds up. I'll take the Chargers. One more round to go and our two guest prognosticators are both on the same game brad you get first dibs on why you like the minnesota vikings a bit of a surprise the vikings and underdog at the lions who have been playing better the vikings getting two and a half why do you like them and you're going to get some agreement here in a second your thought first brad yeah i don't really think uh, i believe too much in bait or any of that stuff but man 
Uh, Detroit Lions at home, only a two and a half point favorite. Why would you not bet them, right? Like they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL, but they're just totally ignoring the fact that the Vikings are the hottest team outside of the Eagles in the NFL. Vikings sitting 10 and two, what they're one of their two losses is a 40, 37 point blowout against the Cowboys in a game that I could really care less that they played, that they didn't try after they were down 30 points. People are going to say the Vikings don't win convincingly. But never in the record books when a team wins the Super Bowl or they win their division or they make it to the Super Bowl do they say, man, they won that Super Bowl and every game they played, they won by an average of 14 points. Never does that go down written. And what I really like about this Vikings team, they're finally getting the run game going. And what's plagued them early in the season is their inability to stop teams in the red zone. However, through their last three games, yes, I'm including that dreadful, dreadful game. They've only allowed touchdowns in 25% of their red zone attempts they're playing it's a very bad defense i don't want to take all the stuff for kyle so those are my quick tidbits on why i like the vikings here i I think this is going to be a spot where a lot of people are going to load up on the lions i'm ready to fade that instantly interesting and the reason is because uh, dan campbell's been very good ats as bad as the lions have been on the field the last two seasons that win and cover last week makes them 19 and 9 in their last 28 games for what that's worth Kyle, you're going to agree here on the – I mean, it's surprising when you've got a Minnesota team that's ready to lock up the North. They have all but locked up the North. They mm-hmm. uh, they won the first matchup here, and they're 10-2, and two, and they're an underdog at the Lions. I, I know you're jumping on this also. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, it makes zero sense. It, it just makes zero sense. And part of the reason Dan Campbell and the Lions have been so good against the spread is what? Because they've been massive underdogs. They're not going out there and covering his favorites. The Lions aren't favorites. The Lions haven't been favorites since 1991 when Barry Sanders was running around and they lost. A, I believe they lost to Mark Rippon in Washington in the playoffs that year. And of course, they went on to Listen beat to Buffalo that. in the Super Bowl. Listen Something, to that in the 30-year references. Very there nice. You go. That. There you go. Well, I guess I'm aging myself here just a little bit. But the Lions are not favorites. And are we ready? to take the Lions as favorites now. Very impressive last week against Jacksonville. I will Of all the games this year, I know they played Buffalo close on Thanksgiving and they had some other impressive games, but I thought that was the one that showed me the Lions are moving in the right direction, right? Those were two kind of, Jacksonville's feeling themselves with the two-point conversion win the week before. They're both sort of these young teams who've had a ton of high draft picks and sort of trending the right direction. The Lions said, we're just a step ahead. And I thought it was really impressive. So now we're getting the Lions valued. I talk about buying low, selling high. We're getting the Lions valued about as highly as they've been valued in 30 years. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. to. T- we're taking a five-win Lions team as favorites against a 10-win Vikings team. And look, there's a lot of reasons not to like the Vikings. They've had a lot of luck this year with some of their wins. They should have lost last week to the Jets. I mentioned that Braxton Berrios dropping in the end zone. And that Vikings defense putrid. I mean, these are two putrid defenses. There should be a lot of points scored in this game. But what we're getting now is this is when I like to bet Kirk Cousins. You're getting points. It's in that early window. It's not a primetime game. It's not the game right. of the week like it was against Dallas. That's not Kirk Cousins' territory. <laughs> that's the, But 10 a.m. in a dome against the Lions, not a ton of pressure. That's when Kirk Cousins thrives. Who's going to cover Justin Jefferson? Jeff Okuda has been one of the worst perimeter corners since he was drafted into the league. He's being targeted 24% of the time. He's giving up 0.48 fantasy points per route ran against. That's good for sixth worst on perimeter corners who have 250 snaps or more this season. I just don't see how that defense stops the Vikings here. The Vikings win this game outright. Uh, you're not going to make a lot of money betting the Lions as favorites. If this was flipped, I'd be more interested in the Lions, but I'd want it more than a field goal. But right now, 
Vikings win this game outright. It's absolutely ridiculous that the Lions are favored this week. Ridiculous. Brad Thomas, remind me not to play Kyle in his fantasy football league. When he knows it all. I love like that. On I the love routes, it. Like on a perimeter route, he lost me on the average per attempt and whatever. Okay. <laughs> he just says skull in this situation that the yeah. Vikings will find a way. And I know you're not saying this, but I keep saying this. And I'm no Minnesota Viking. I don't live anywhere near the great white north. It's 80 degrees in Florida in December. Why am I going to be in Minnesota? But yeah. everybody keeps talking about the luck factor. You know what happens when you get to 10 and 2 and you win a fourth game, a fifth game, a sixth game that's a close game? You're a good team. At right. some point, if you're not any good, you don't win all those games. So obviously right. they must be good. How good we're going to find out. And you guys are both saying good enough against the Lions with the Minnesota Vikings as that rounds out our three rounds of Three Dog Thursday. All right, so let's take a look uh, by means of recap at what the handicappers and I are on. As uh, we go through the three different rounds, you do see some agreement. I won't go over every pick and every play. You see several large underdogs as well. Uh, Giants, Browns, Jets, all getting at least seven or more in those situations. And you see some agreement uh, from Brad and me and from Brad and Kyle on a couple of those picks. Final moment here. Again, Army-Navy game. A lot of people will be watching. Interesting that Army has the winning record. But Navy is the favored team. Army actually has the five and six record, can finish 500. Navy is four and seven, can't finish 500. Ultimate rivalry game, and Navy is um, is actually the favorite here in this situation. So that'll be interesting in Philadelphia for that matchup. Any final thoughts, guys? The college bowls are coming. The college football playoffs coming. Lots of NFL, little Army-Navy. Final thought, Brad Thomas, before we're gone? Yeah, I'll pay a little homage to our guy, Parker. He puts together these beautiful graphs, and I love to look at them. Offensive success rate here for the uh, for the Army, 47th in the country. Defensive success rate, 124th. Navy, they're completely opposite. 109th offensive success rate, 64th defensive success rate. I think in a low-scoring game, I kind of want to take the team who can score the most points when the defenses are as even as they are. So I'd lean I'd lean Army, but that's been just my MO. Whenever I see low-scoring games, which this game probably won't even hit 24 points, then I'm going to have to take the team that's giving me the points. little college football advice on Three Dog Thursday. I know you're not a big college football guy, Kyle. Anything else in closing here? Any final advice, underdogs or otherwise, before you're gone on your first show with us? Yeah, uh, look, I think there's other underdog spots this week as well. I think there's a good one on Monday night. That was close to making my radar as well. The Cardinals getting healthier after a bye week. This is a good underdog week. Make sure you check the weather. Take those points in those divisional teams, especially at home. I think it's a good week for underdogs. I expect to see both of us back and hopefully my uh, hairline can hold up for another week so Brad doesn't embarrass me too much. Well, you can tell I'm follically challenged. We'll see if the Buccaneers hold up as well. Thomas and I believe in them. Uh, coming up, Anna Clara, you're a 49er guy, Kyle. We'll forgive you for that. Thank we'll you. see what happens this weekend with all the different underdogs. Brad Thomas, thank you. Kyle Perviance, thank you. Uh, we thank you for watching. Kevin, Alejandro, everybody at BetUS TV, thank you for being with us for Three Dog Thursday. Good luck with the underdogs. College football bowls, college football playoff, and the NFL coming soon. It's all NFL this week for Three Dog Thursday. 